Welcome to this episode of Blended, Blessed, and Always a Mess. I'm Eric. And I'm Angie. We are married with a ton of kids. We have six kids total. He has three and I have three. My name's Hallie and I love riding horses. I'm Lexi and I love agriculture. My name's Carter and I love eating. My name's Chase and I love lifting weights. My name's Summer and I love spending my parents' money. I'm Dane and I love baseball. Our show is about our blended, blessed, and always a mess life. And our hope is if you find yourself in the same situation we are in, that by sharing our story, all the fun, and all the mess, challenges we are experiencing, it will give you some inspirations, laughs, and community, knowing you are not alone in this mess. We appreciate you spending time with us. Let's dive in. Welcome to this week's episode of Blended, Blessed, and Always a Mess, where what we continue to learn is that through the incredible amount of grief, it can give you strength and really put life into perspective in a lot of ways, which happened especially to Angie and the twins over the last couple of weeks. We thought we'd dive into that today just a little bit to figure out how you're taking the worst day of your life and making sure that it puts every other day in perspective. Well, I'll just start with my mantra that I have out there on social media is take the damn trip, take the damn pictures and videos. <laughs> like, just do it. Don't even don't even question it. Just take the trip. Do the things. Hallie had talked about going to New York. Her cousin, Olivia, has lived there for two years. And Emma, her cousin's sister, those three girls get along great. And they all went to Mizzou. And so... For probably a year, they talked about going to New York. Of course, I'm, I pushed it because I know the gift that travel gives you, and that trip just never happened. So travel is so important. I'm a huge believer in travel because it gives you that knowledge and perspective of the world that only you can see. You can hear about things. You can hear that the subway in New York is dangerous. But until you go there and you actually experience it with your own eyes, it's just you don't know, right, until you until you see it. You got to get your own perspective. Like for years, I've enjoyed going to other countries to to visit, and people are like, "Oh, it's you shouldn't go to Mexico. You shouldn't go to see the Dominican. Those places are dangerous. Like every place is dangerous. Downtown St. Louis, Missouri, is dangerous. Columbia, Missouri, could be dangerous in parts for sure. So yeah, I mean, take the trip and see things so you get your own perspective. Yeah, it just allows you to grow and evolve as a human. So I'll get off that soapbox. Because I'm a big, big advocate of travel. It takes you out of your comfort zone, um, especially when you're exploring new places and new surroundings. And, and it can also be a reset for you to get away, spend focused time. It can lower your stress levels, help with depression. There's a ton of studies and research around what the benefits are of travel. Also, it takes you away from checking all the boxes that you would normally be doing at home. <laughs> you and I, uh, we are professional box checkers. This weekend, we have days worth of, of lists. And yeah. We sat down. We, it was, yeah. I am a list maker. Plus, we have so much shit going on in our lives, good and bad. But we are so busy that, like, I have to get stuff straight in my mind. So... And would you say I've been gone 18 out of 21 nights? It was 16 Eric out of 21 track. days. It was a lot. <laughs> it was the most she'd ever been gone. We argued about it for a minute. Yeah. We don't argue often. That one we did. Yeah. So I'm home for a week and a half. <laughs> and 
And I'm like, all right, we got a lot of stuff we have to do before we take our family trip and close on Hallie's house and move all this stuff down to her house. It's just been a, a lot. So I'm like, we have to, we have to write out everything that we have to do the next four or five days. We don't have kids and we've got to knock some stuff out. So I literally. In the middle of all this. Then Angie had posted on social last week about some prayers for my mom. Then my mom had a massive stroke with cancer involved. So we've been dealing with that all week as well. So it's like one thing after another. So we, we sat down and we made a bunch of lists. Just every day. Yeah. Every day from Wednesday through next Friday of everything that we have to do each day. And we're crossing things off. So anyway, another benefit of travel gets you off the box checking train that we live on. And let's be honest. Time is taken for granted. For so sure. if you don't carve out time to focus and spend quality time with your family, it will fly by and then it's gone. You know what I did learn in that time, because uh, I circle back, my mom is okay. She they got pretty much most of the cancer out, uh, but that was part of the reason the stroke got so bad. And so she doesn't have a lot on her left side. So that's that's a struggle. We're dealing with that. What I did learn is, though. Time is precious, right? Spent a lot of time last weekend while you were wrapping your trip in New York with my mom in the hospital. Then I spent a lot of time with my own kids and just enjoyed that time. Uh, I don't know if we even talked about this really, but Sunday night uh, after we left the hospital, Lexi and her boyfriend came back to the house and Lexi and I made dinner together. Like I was grilling, she was making sides upstairs and we cleaned up afterwards. And I just told her how much I enjoyed that time with her. And, you know, had we not lost Hallie last November, I probably don't take, I probably take that for granted, but I'm not taking things like that for granted. So that little bit of time you're getting with the twins in New York and that time I'm getting with my kids back here, Carter and Dane and I were able to have a couple of good nights as well. So things are in a different perspective at this point for us. Uh, and so you don't always have to check the box. Right. And and travel doesn't have to be something extravagant either. Like if you just have that focused time and you're being very intentional about it, that's what matters. And it's it's about making memories and those memories could be from good experiences or challenging experiences that you face. <laughs> so we we did have some amazing memories in New York, but then, whoa, coming back is a complete shit show. Yeah. Well, before <laughs> we get to the shit show that it was, what are some of the good ones? Because you guys started sending me some pictures oh my of these bugs. We So we jam-packed. We got there on Friday. We jam-packed the weekend because there's so much to see in New York. So... We went. It's up to you, New York, New York. Dun, 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 dun. See, I have something. Get it. Okay. Get it. We went to Central Park, walked through Central Park. We had the New York style bagels. We Are those better? I mean, you know, I don't really eat bread. Okay. Right. Got <laughs> so, it. Never mind. They looked amazing. I did have a really thin slice of a bagel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> With some egg whites and some spinach, you know, turkey bacon. We rode bikes along the river. We went to Brooklyn for dinner and we took the ferry back. I mean, we used every means of transportation, whether that was walking thousands of steps everywhere. It's definitely a walking city or our ventures on the subway. That actually was some of the. It's not even because of what you hear. Yes, it's not even scary. Actually, those are some of our... There's a lot of talent that lives in the subway in New York. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> sure. We didn't see them. They were hiding. But there's live bands down there. There was this insane gymnast that was 
jumping all over the place in the subway or in the actual like train car. That's crazy. Um, guys singing. I would say some of our funniest memories are from the subway. And I would say, too, I was impressed there wasn't that many actual homeless because, you know, some of these big cities after COVID really took a hit in that area. But they didn't. It was we and we had we definitely had to do the 9-11 memorial. If you've not been to New York, oh, my gosh, you've got to do the 9-11 memorial and do the One World elevator all the way up to the top of that building. It's like a hundred and. 10 floors, maybe 104 floors and just amazing views. But when we were doing the 9-11 tour, our tour guide was a complete nut, (laughs) a nut. I mean, his animations and his descriptions were, I just don't even know how to describe it. He loved his job and he was very joyful, which was odd because it was a tour of 9-11. Right. Like that's not a. Joyful. It's an educational thing. Chase said something like it. Somebody would be like, and then they would die here. Yeah. I'm like, like he was happy about it or some happening? weird stuff. Yeah. So we started the tour outside and all of a sudden these bugs come from somewhere and they were everywhere. Like almost like little gnats, but swarming across the whole area we were in. So nobody was exempt. They were everywhere. I mean, they were all over Chase's, Chase's shirt. Olivia was like about to lose her mind because they were they really loved her. Finally, I told Dave, we, you got to bring us all inside. Like no one's even listening to what you're saying right now because these bugs are everywhere. And he's like, I've never seen anything like this. I don't know what's happening. And as we're walking to the building, he was going to take us inside for a little bit. He goes, you know, I'm not a big proponent of smoking, but if anyone has any weed, please light it up because that might help the bug situation. <laughs> like, what <laughs> in the hell? I've not heard that as a side effect of weed. It I gets know. rid of bugs. Thanks, anyway, Dave. so I mean, it was it was very educational. But that Dave, our tour guide, man, he was quite the loony. I've seen pictures Chase has shown of a, a you guys were watching a band in the subway and there was a homeless guy down there that was just getting it. He was loving life. He was air guitaring it and all this stuff. Yeah, that was one of Chase's favorite memories is the homeless guy because he's like, Mom, he was really happy and he was having fun and he wasn't he wasn't sitting there sad. Yeah. Perspective, it's I just, guess. It's you just you never know when you're out and about what memories you're gonna experience, good or bad, right? I think it builds confidence for kids to know, hey, I can go into a big city, mm-hmm. you know, especially for our kids coming from Missouri and, and everybody's had some small town experience, like to go into New York and to do it and do it well and have a great time. It, it gives them confidence that when they get older, they can take their own trips. Right. For sure. It's a gift. It's a it's a gift to to your kids. And that's kind of what I shared with them, too. Like, try, I mean, they wouldn't live there. Right. It's not a permanent like, oh, Summer hey. Might. Uh, summer might, yeah. But the UV rays really aren't oh, super high because all it. the tall buildings. So, okay. you know, you got to take that into account. Then we can dive into uh, our journey home. This should show. Yeah. So this was a complete first for me. Monday, we were flying. We were scheduled to fly back. Monday morning, I get an alert from Southwest that says, you may experience some delays today due to weather, which I did look at the weather and there was a lot of storms on the East Coast. Our flight was at 3.30. So I don't know, about 10 o'clock I checked it and it was delayed by 45 minutes. And then, I don't know, an hour later I checked it, it was back on time. So no big deal. So we get to the airport. 
get to our gate, the airport is crazy because flights had been canceled. Some flights have been canceled or delayed because of other planes not getting there on time because of their delays, wherever they're coming from. The East Coast that day was a mess. Yeah. So we board the plane and we get out on the runway and the pilot says, hey, it's going to take us just a few minutes. There's they're kind of backed up, so they're going to have some planes are in front of us that need to take off. So we're sit here for a minute. About thirty minutes went by, and it was like, yeah, we're still going to sit here for a little while. I'm going to go ahead and turn the plane off. The flight attendants will bring you some water. Three hours later, he comes back on and says, "Hey, we've timed out. You can't be on a flight on the runway more than three hours, so I have to go back to the gate." Stay close to the gate if you want to get off the deboard, because as soon as we can board, we're going to board again. Okay. So it's like about seven o'clock now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And by that time, I start talking to Eric like, I don't know what, what's plan B, because I'm a planner and I like to know kind of what's going to happen next. So start looking at other flights just to go anywhere. Like, doesn't even have to be back to St. Louis. Let's just get out of. Get to Nashville, get to Dallas, doesn't matter. Nothing. The soonest we could get out of New York was Friday. And this is Monday. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, I could drive. We could get a rental car and I could make it like three or four hours and stay somewhere and drive the rest of the way home. It was like 16 or 17 hour drive. I can do that. I just just did 12 hours come back from Florida in May. No rental cars. Eric's like, well, there's Amtrak. You could take a train and get you back here on Wednesday. Not available. Not available. There's no way out. Greyhound was like, leave Tuesday, get home Thursday. Greyhound bus. (laughs) That was what we were looking at. I mean, I was sitting on the porch. The boys, Lexi called. Everyone could tell I was getting stressed because I was. Like, you know, my mom's in the hospital and I want Angie to get home and she can't get home. And I'm like, oh, my God. And now as the night's going on and they're on the plane for a second time now, they've reboarded Yeah, so we reboard. And it's Groundhog's Day, and literally the same thing happened. Only this time, halfway through our time sitting there, Air Force Two lands next to us. Out comes the black cars with the American flags on it and a helicopter flying over installed everybody from taking off. That was your window. Which I, I do think that was our window. I think that they we had a window to take off because they were only letting planes fly out of the south. And that just put a wrinkle in it. We lost our window to fly out. So now it's 11 o'clock and we have to go deboard again. They said the flight's not canceled, but stay close. We'll make an announcement in like 15 minutes. So I'm thinking there's no hotels in the area. I had Olivia and Emma looking. I, I, was, found, looking, I was looking I for I found rentals. one for like $250. It was like 45 minutes away. So it's an $80 Uber ride. But by the time we would have gotten our luggage and like in my mind, I couldn't justify trying to go find some place for two, three hours of sleep to come back. Because what happened is they ultimately end up canceling the flight. Then they create a new flight for 755 in the morning. So this and is your shot because so otherwise it's Friday. Yeah. I mean, we're like, whew. thank God they created the new flight. But what I will say is throughout this whole process, I was not stressed out at all. Which is amazing. I wondered how we were going to get home. But I was not stressed. And do you know why? Because you've had worse days. I've had worse days. Like we have been through the worst possible freaking thing in our life. So being delayed or a canceled flight is nothing. But I will say, 
you do look at the world completely different. The second time we boarded, some people didn't take their same seats back on the plane. So we kind of got mixed up a little bit. I got stuck in the very back with a pissed off dad and his son. Chase and Summer were sitting in front of me and he is F-bombing it, hollering at his wife who's like 10 rows up. And I just look at him like, dude. Have perspective. You're you're fortunate that you don't have my perspective. And and I purposely was talking to the twins over the seat and saying, guys, you know, we've had worse days. This is not so not a big deal. But unfortunately, we do have that perspective. So <laughs> I got really freaked out this next part. It's like we're sleeping on the floor at the airport. I'm like, what? In New York City? <laughs> LaGuardia Airport, you're sleeping on the floor. Like, I I was freaking out back home in Missouri. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know what else to do. And and by the way, that airport was full of people sleeping. And it did take an hour for them to get the luggage. So here's the deal. The other thing that I didn't realize is, so security shut down. You couldn't go back through security, get your luggage, go back through security, and then go find a better place to sleep in the actual airport. You could only sleep because it was late at night by the luggage carousels. That's it. Mm. I even asked the ticketing counter lady. I'm like, what, what do you advise for people with kids? And she had nothing to say. She just shrugged her shoulders like, eh, I don't know. And Chase, for some unknown reason, I mean, don't you just shake your head at kids sometimes? Like, what are you thinking? On the way to New York, we sat next to each other. And all three of us were in a row and he gets out his backpack. Everybody, you know, we always bring a backpack on the plane. I never know what the hell they pack in it. He whips out this queen size blanket that's supposed to be on his bed. He goes, that's the only reason why I brought my backpack is I shoved this blanket down in there. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, oh, my God. Well, thank God he did that because we would have had nothing. I will pack different next time I fly. I will tell you that. An eye mask. (laughs) (laughs) And... And a blanket, a decent blanket, because we laid that thing out on the ground on the smelly ass carpet and Chase and I were able to cover up with it, you know, so we had like we did a little sandwich and Summer had her own blanket and then her backpacks were pillows. And then we took our luggage and kind of stood it up on its side around us and tried to build like a little fort. We were joking. I mean, we did laugh because I'm like, oh, take our shoes off. Let's go put it in the closet back here by the luggage. So we laid down. There's what guys getting slap happy. Is what was we happening. were getting slap happy. Summer's like, Mom, it feels like you're like excited about this. I'm like, No, Summer. Like, look, let's just pause for a minute and look at where we are. Right in front of us was a big sign that said, I "Love New York," <laughs> and there's luggage everywhere piled up. There's babies crying. The lights are like bright. I kept saying, "Could someone please dim the lights?" Nobody listen. Nope, nope. In the middle of the night, fire alarm went off. I just looked at the kids. I'm like, I'm not getting up. Like, it'll be okay. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> it's just a mess. It was a mess. My hips hurt from laying on that hard-ass floor. And at the end of the day, it was not your worst day. It was It was nothing. It was nothing. So, you know, memories are made good or bad. And sometimes you just got to laugh at the situation because that will be a memory for the kids. Well, I'm sure Summer loved brushing her teeth and washing her face in the bathroom in the of bathroom. LaGuardia Airport. Yeah, yeah. We The next morning, we got up, and I'm like, okay, we got to get up and get going because I know there's going to be a long line of all these people that have flight cancellations trying to check their bags again. So we get up, we go in the bathroom, brush our teeth, wash our face, 
and <laughs> wipe it off with a paper towel. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and then we go upstairs to the um, Southwest ticket counter and check our bags. Well, we were walking up there, and Chase goes, oh, my, my stomach doesn't feel very good. And then I could tell he's starting to, like, face turn a little pale. I'm like, you need to go sit down and take that heavy-ass backpack off with your blanket. Right, right. Go sit down somewhere. So he sits down outside of our line, but somewhere in our line, like, I'm not getting out of this line because it's a long line. And then he stands up. And he's like, I got to go find a trash can. So he can't find a trash can. He goes to the front of the airport where everybody's walking in and those big trash bins that like a recycle on one side and like trash on the other he's barfing his brains out oh gosh and all these people are walking in and i'm just like looking over at him and summer's like oh my god i can't even watch secondhand embarrassment it was she was she had second well i think she was worried about him too like he's so far over there and no one, like, just goes, no one even stopped and asked me if I was okay. That's what he said he was mad about. Nobody then coming into the airport was like, hey, are like, you okay? I probably thought you were just some hungover kid, teen. I don't know. Anyway, he survived. That was, I don't know what that was. Because he was about. fine after he that. He was fine after that. So our flight was a little bit delayed, but we did get out of there. Thank God. So and happy we that were, you were like plane taking off. I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Taking off, our flight wasn't rough at all. Eric and Amber, so sweet. They ended up surprising me, and they drove to St. Louis so he could drive me home because I had zero sleep. And I just couldn't even function. Like, you ever get so tired that you don't feel like you could even, like, get words out and just came and function? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We came home, did the whole unpack, all that stuff, get stuff situated, and then I crashed at 7 p.m. and woke up at 7 a.m. Hmm. It's a good night's sleep. Yeah. But I will say that the whole grief journey is a nasty game of feeling that the weakest, it's the weakest that you've ever felt. But then on the flip side, you're like morphing into this strongest person that you become because of it. It's just a weird, a weird game. And like there's moments like in New York trying to come back where I felt like I freaking can handle anything. Yeah. I'm not even scared. Like I'm not even scared of it, of anything because it's then there's moments where when I have time to sit in it, I feel like I can't even get up. Yeah. So I get it. I get it. I can feel it coming off of you at times, but at the at the end of the day, you're you're broken and you're moving forward and I mean, it's truly one of those things where, as we've said before, and, and you wrote down in the notes, strength isn't about how much you can handle until you break. It's about how much you can endure after you've been broken. And I always think back to one of the Rocky movies where it's like, it's not about how hard you get hit. It's about how hard you get up after you've been hit and keep going. And that's that's what we're doing as a family. And that's what we keep having to battle through. And and uh, glad you guys took the trip. I know everybody had a blast. And Glad you've been home this week then. Uh, it's, I've, I've missed you. And so glad to spend some time with my wife. And it's, it's good to be home. It's always good when you have a home that you want to come home to. That is good. I'm glad that you like it here. Uh, <laughs> we, me and my kids love it when you're home. Just before we wrap up today, just uh, would continue to ask for prayers for my mom. They do think that they, they got most of the cancer. It was a uterine deal. But uh, because of that, they couldn't stop the stroke the way they would have liked to. And so that progressed pretty good. And so she's pretty weak, pretty 
pretty paralyzed, if we're being honest, on that left side of her body. So trying to figure out a place for her that she can get some rehab. So, you know, been dealing with that this week, unfortunately, and just hoping that she will uh, recover and have a, a decent quality of life, right? Because that's what you're scared about. So if you wouldn't mind praying for, for my mom, her name's Carol. If, you, if you're a prayer by name kind of person, we'd appreciate that. I do want to give a quick little book update, though. So um, the color illustrations are complete. So good. Oh, my gosh. So Kenzie literally has just blown my mind with her talent and how amazing she can just visualize something and make it come to life. And she worked last weekend like 17 hours straight and knocked out the color part of the illustration. So amazing. I cannot wait to share the illustrations and the story with you all. So now the publisher is taking it and putting the words to the illustrations, the words that I've written to Kenzie's illustrations. And it's going to be such a beautiful tribute to Hallie, I think. I am super excited about it because I'm with you. It's going to be a tribute to Hallie. It's also, I think, going to become, and I know you would have never wanted this, but I think it's going to become the start of a writing career for you. I know. And I know, like I said, that's not how you would want to do that. But I mean, you're... But I think... You're going to help people through this new path. The intention of the book is for, it's for young readers, like maybe four to eight, and for parents to use it as a dialogue to have conversations with their kids, because there's a lot of times that we lose feathers from other people, right? And having, figuring out how to have those conversations with your kids of what's happening in their life is key. It's communications, being able to express your feelings, your emotions, and not not bury them, actually. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of strength that can come from the challenges that you face. And I would also say I believe everybody has a special gift. And it's up to each one of us to figure out what that special gift is that we have. And so that's a little teaser into kind of what the story is about. And we've mixed in a lot of things that are very unique to Hallie, but it's also a, a great children's story that I think you guys will all love. Yeah, super excited, super proud of you and uh, and Kenzie, the incredible artwork that she has done for the book. So looking forward to sharing that with you guys when it's done, but it's almost here. So uh, with that, we hope that everybody has a wonderful week. As always, we appreciate you listening. If you would like and share our podcast so that other people can find us as well. And always don't hesitate to reach out too so we can continue to build this community, both of blended families and of grief. Have a wonderful week and God bless. Thank you for listening to Blended Blessed and Always a Mess. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and at blendedblessedalwaysamess.com. Reach out to us on any of our social channels. We would love to hear from you. Have a great week.